Well, on that question of whether or not this is sort of a renewal, I can't remember. I'd love to try and remember what book this is, but it, there was one writer who who sort of since the dawn of the industrial, well, since the industrial revolution, you know, the eighteen hundreds, really. Um, every sixty years or so, we go through a cycle where tech critical people come forward, and I mean, begins really with Ned Ludd and the Luddites, as, as, as you've already mentioned. It goes through to sort of um, the transcendentalists with Thoreau and his thing at Walden and Ralph Waldo Emerson. And then every 60 years or so, there's sort of a, a rebirth in a way of basically people being critical of that same underlying uh, tech, tech spirit of technique. And I think once again, I mean, if we think about it, 2020, back to 1960s, in the 60s, you saw the rise of communes in America. You saw the rise of um, alternative alternative living uh, the rise of simple living in its first sort of iterations and now we're seeing it again and I think it's the same it's it, it's it's a reply basically to the same beast but I mean it is the question of course of whether or not you know it's the like is it different is is this time is it different thing and I'm I guess I'm more on the side of it isn't I think you just have to carve your own path and um, there's uh, and I don't think it's wrong you know I don't think it's a bad thing to realize that it is a it is a cycle because I think it's very um, cathartic and it's one of the few liberating things to realize that you don't have to even agree with many of the presumptions of the modern world. And you can just have that internal, uh, those multiple internal deaths into sort of uh, denying some of the absolute basics of the modern world is very cathartic and very, um, yeah, as I said, liberating. Um, but whether or not it'll happen on a large scale, maybe this time, maybe this time it is different because the promises are, 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 extre are now extremely transparent and whether or not, like, I don't know too much about Fukuyama, but that idea of like, we didn't, we never had the idea of the end of history up until now. And, and of course that's been proven false, but I think a lot of people still believe it. It'll take a long time for that to not um, be the belief, right? That, that all the events of history are over. And I still feel, I feel like a lot of people in the West just feel like the state, the state of things with which, within which they were born was from now on always going to be the state of things and would never change. And I think that is almost to the benefit of the tech critical people because ultimately that clearly isn't bringing people happiness. It isn't bringing people contentment or fulfillment. And so, you know, te technique has perhaps lost its ability to really uh, uh, create the illusion that there's any ch any change within this stasis anymore. Uh, and that's a pretty big deal. But um Unfortunately, people do get wowed by the next, you know, the the, the next uh, gadget that comes along. But I mean, on that note, even the even the sort of the latest gadgets and the latest technology are very quickly go. They're even the, the cycles are speeding up. So it's like in my lifetime, I've already seen virtual reality try take off about three times now. Uh, you know, in the early two thousands, it tried to take off, and then in like the early twenty tens, it tried to take off, and now it's trying again. So to see that happening in real time and basically always fail is really peculiar. Um, it's like it's like we've got nothing new anymore. Um, yeah, it's the I. So I wanted to I wanted to say something about the the cycles. Um, I, I, before I do, I will say something quickly about like this metaverse stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's I just I I can't even I, I can't like how. The same companies that were doing the same thing in Second Life, like I, I just don't, or like The Sims Online, which was even before Second Life, which I mean there was these 
huge like uh you know crypto sized parties for this game and like not it just disappeared like i i don't know it just it, it blows it blows me away it, it does seem like it's like a boredom or something or i mean and the, i mean the other thing about the metaverse is like if you want to talk about the metaverse we've been in it with social media i mean think about it like you can't there is no touch grass like spotify is always on in everyone's ears narrating the movie of everyone's life it, I, I don't know it's just crazy to me that there's like this sort of like obvious like you know a like tangible metaverse that is clearly not going to take off and then on the other hand we've been living in like a sort of different kind of metaverse for like 20 years and, and but anyway about cycles um the one reason i do think it might be different and who knows um is because i think like like at the same time like charter cities are starting to come up and a lot of a lot of things are breaking down and i'm wondering if ironically these like venture backed projects that are sort of inherently uh, tech critical that people are able to advertise through tech and sort of inspire people like people learn about it through like the internet and then inspire people to take a step back from uh, you know different different tools if that's going to make it a bigger thing you know it's going to it's it, it's going to use the tools it's fighting against to spread the message and then things will start shrinking but I, I mean i don't know if that's too like naive and utopian and, and if it's like if i if i think this because you know i'm involved in a charter city project and it's that maybe that's my secret hope that like it's successful and real <laughs> um well i mean there's a couple of things there i mean the, the idea of the that idea of the metaverse is, is 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 really you know it's all poignant i mean like you said i mean the second life thing always comes up because as you say, it's the same companies, uh, or even if it's not the same companies, it's the same people who would know about this. And as far as I'm concerned, and probably you probably agree, I imagine, is that Second Life was basically an online virtual world, which was on desktop PCs. And this is basically literally what we're doing with the metaverse, but somehow it's a little bit upgraded, though not really. So it's somehow they've tried to make this seem anew. And I think, as you said, we're, we're already in the metaverse, this online social media uh, thing that we've been uh, uh, imbued in for basically since since the days we were alive, though I was just outside of that, is the metaverse. And this idea that someone's avatar uh, of themselves or like their profile picture, quote unquote, even if it is quite literally a factual picture of themselves, as soon as they upload it into that site as a quote unquote profile picture, it changes the whole iteration or the whole understanding of it as something which is put into like a false fictional display of that self. So that even if like Facebook, it, it isn't isn't fact. It's complete fiction. It's it's curated profiles. I mean, they're called profiles. They're not reality. And I think maybe just to go back to my earlier point about the transparency of technology, the metaverse in in its current iteration as this like free th three dimensional Zuckerberg virtual reality world might just be a little bit too transparent for people and they're like okay now you know it'd be a bit of a mask off moment and they'll really see um what it is they're, they're they've been interacting with all this time and then back to the idea of you know using technology i mean a lot of people find this sort of oh you know you hate technology and yet you're on you're online you're on discord i mean unfortunately the, the, the one of the problems is is that some people would say right you're completely free to go and create an analog commune somewhere but it's like you are free to do that but the actual the, the complete foundation of being able to do that has changed and so the socialization and meeting people really starts online and within that world now because that's 
that's the world that it's created and it's been accepted within every facet of society and so you you, you almost have to interact with it in a way if not you, you you're almost like a nothing right and um the what was i going to say the, the idea of promoting anti-tech thought through technology is really in keeping with someone more like Ivan Illich, who's really on about, you know, technology is just a tool. Um, technique is a tool. And sometimes it, it, it is better to be more efficient. Some, you know, I mean, to take a very lame example, peeling potatoes, it's like, yeah, we want to be more efficient at that. It's a very boring job. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, it pays to be faster. It's better to be more efficient, blah, blah, blah. But as tools, you need to just view them as tools and what the whole, uh, the end goal of them is and um i don't really see any hypocrisy in using tech to promote anti-tech thought because ultimately those are the people that that might need it you know you have people who've been completely imbued and like broiled into in technique and technology uh, might not understand that there is this complete alternative you know they might be miserable but, but not understand why they're miserable and they keep being offered the same thing the same promises and they sort of jump from one to the other, which keeps them sort of entertained long enough to jump to the next. And they never sort of question that complete foundation. And um, I guess that's that's really the the point. But I mean, you know, I'm finding myself that as, I, as I'm not keeping up to date with like the newest trends and things that I did, you almost can do automatically when you're younger. You find yourself out of the loop so quickly now. You know, it's within a month or two, you can, you can be completely, uh, you know, basically like an old man on the Internet. It's pretty crazy. It, oh, it's wild. I mean, like, I, I spend hours and hours a day um, just, I mean, I'm, I'm so, so I, my, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Mary Harrington. You, you, might li- you might like her writing if you're, if you're not, um, but she sort of, like, jokingly refers to me as a cyborg. I mean, she's totally, she's totally right. I mean, it's just, like, I'm so plugged in. It's, it's, it's like, I, it, in the, tr- the truest sense, like, my, my phone is an extension of me. It is, uh, it is an extra limb and even me who like you know will dream in emails and stuff and like I sometimes instead of sleep paralysis it's like I'm looking at the internet and moving my hands around like I'm touching I mean it's just like out of it's so out of control I realize like I don't know anything about uh you know like all these discord subcultures that are popping up that like 14 year olds are on and there's this whole other language that's just right under the surface and I I don't know a thing about it and I don't know how to access it and I don't know what any of the aesthetics mean. And it feels even more significant than just like, you know, um, somebody not understanding like ska, if they're uh, an older punk or something. It seems even more like, it just seems like, oh my God, like even for me, it's just, it moves too quick. And there, it, it, you, there's, no, there's no way to, to, you know, keep up with the, the machine. You, like all of us sort of, you know, all of us become obsolete and, lose our ability to to stay to stay with the current which is really scary yeah and i mean it's um but where do you, i think it's once again that's a question of sort of where where then do you uh where then do you end up when you can't keep up you end up you just feel like you're um in like a complete no man's land right uh you're, you're still using that same foundation but you're not at the cutting edge anymore and the whole point of technique is to be at the cutting edge so once you're not you're, you're, yeah, you're just nowhere, and it's a very peculiar space to be in. But unfortunately, there's, there isn't, it doesn't feel like there's any frontiers or ground to retreat to, right? To go back to, um, anything to go back to seems almost like you'd be, you're role playing something, right? Like, um, if you go back to, I don't know, writing letters or 
any of those sort of old analog means or things like that, you, you, you'd feel that that's silly. So it's this, it's a very long process to really uh, entirely cr critique that foundation, which, which everything you sort of know is built upon. Um, and it's, it, I think the first difficulty is even just to see it, um, which, you know, there's a lot of literature to help you do that. But to really have that internal, um, you know, internally inherit it and really understand it in a, in, the, in that sort of sense is, is a very long, very, it's quite a painful process in a way. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, you know, as you were, you know, you're speaking, I was thinking like, maybe, uh, maybe it's telling that like, a lot of the people who are sort of uh, finding that they resonate with some of these ideas, like, like I said, like, I've, I'm, I'm noticing a lot of um, maybe like more mainstream uh, conservative uh, or like otherwise, you know, right wing uh, thinkers or, or writers or whatever, talking heads on on the news, uh, sort of echo or you know straightforwardly quote um, people people like Alol or, or Illich. Um, maybe it's because like they're also coming to an age where like they feel like they should have children or they do have children and. They're realizing that like there is no like even if they've done even if they've lived a relatively conservative life they still haven't hit some of these milestones or if they have hit some of these milestones there's no it's happening totally alone and it only makes sense to start uh, veering towards these critiques because those that's the only place to retreat to like nothing else makes sense because they've sort of they've sort of woken up and realized like I can't be the type of adult or the type of person that I think we should be. Uh, if if I remain in this environment, I mean this. Yeah, I mean this is a this is a huge thing of technique as Alola understands it. Is that ultimately the majority of political standpoints and politics in general really doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter if you're liberal. Doesn't matter if you're on that that spectrum which is allowed by or the Overton window which is allowed by technique. The the, the all those positions basically just melt into one position which is either a little bit faster or a little bit slower and i mean technique is basically just what is successful the big problem here is that there is no no everyone is a bit too scared to have an end i mean we talk we talk of uh, the means to an end right so the problem is we're all means we're all you know practicality efficiency usefulness etc but we don't have an end we do no politics really has an end anymore which basically completely denies the usefulness of politics if they're not saying right this is the point we want to get to and then when we get to here then we'll get to here all of them are in this very vague state of just basically existing in the present and they're all about means and they have no ends and um as you're saying a lot of people are finding that they might quote unquote um call themselves uh, identify as conservative, identify as a liberal, but unfortunately you get to this position where that really hasn't changed anything about your immediate reality and the, 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 the actual values that you hold, you, you're finding that they're not even of that same language of that, that, that perhaps having children isn't even to do with the, the form of conservative conservatism that you've identified yourself with. And so you have this like sudden, sudden almost I guess it's either a sunk cost or, or it's a bit of despair because you realize that you haven't really been doing anything. You've just been um, identifying with something which is itself already subsumed into the beast. So you and so to, to say that a lot of this um, having children or having these uh, th 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 this is like an unavoidable reality, which which springs up and uh, it doesn't really matter where you are. It's, it's just something that, yeah, it's like a contradiction that comes forth and all of a sudden you have to do something with it. And um 
those are the kind of those are the kind of moments that are extremely important, right? And uh, I think we're finding more and more people who are just doubling down on denying them and ignoring them, which is super super harmful. But um, there you go. So speaking of, of denying things, one thing I've, I've noticed, which I which doesn't seem to have been true um, as recently as uh, 2016, I want to say, but 2017, is a lot of people uh, who both sort of, you know, they want to be homesteaders or uh, they, you know, they return to like simple living or you know any 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 number of expressions of these of these types mm. of lifestyles also deny climate change, which is a really weird thing. And I see it like less and less in um, like, like I'll see someone who like has, let's say uh, a Substack, and they like love uh, Linkola, just, you know, mm. give a random example, but they also like don't think climate change is real. Mm. And I was wondering if you noticed that, if it's, if this is another sampling bias of mine, um, if you have noticed it, what you what you think of that, and what you make of this weird sort of it's it would seem like some kind of it seems like a lot of the 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 criticisms or even like awareness of environmental problems I, I've, I've noticed recently is just about like cities are ugly and uh, you know you, they're not walkable. But then like these deeper problems, which to me as uh, you know someone who lived in Florida most of my life is like well obviously something's wrong you know yeah i mean yeah no 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 i mean uh, i've 100 percent. i've noticed this and i've thought about it myself because it doesn't really make sense to me and just on that on just on that note of climate change denial one thing that that i find peculiar is whether or not you agree with the spe- specific politics behind the idea of climate change um the actual empirical fact of the climate changing is I would argue undeniable and I think really both ways we just need to see like I think to be honest quite ironically both those sides actually do agree on something but one just doesn't want to agree with it because a lot of climate change politics have become basically um, tethered to left-wing politics and so this is what I see when people are doing this when they're like they're on board with Linkola or Kaczynski but then they equally deny climate change it's basically like they're abusing the, the friend enemy distinction right so let's like what they're doing is any politics or, or statements or stances which their enemy, the so-called left, um, disagree with, they bundle them all together and just begin agreeing with everything that their enemy hates, sort of as like, you know, almost like a retaliation. And then you just end up with this sort of uh, two sides with masses of contradictions. So it's like, oh, okay, so the left wing don't like Linkler, so I'm going to agree with Linkler. On oh, the left wing, agree with climate change, so I'm going to deny climate change. And it's like, Right. You need to think a bit more critically about that because, uh, you know, it, I, I completely see it and it's very difficult to sort of see past it because you're like, well, I, I, is this all is this, is this all a little bit of um, posturing, which which the, 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 there is a lot of this at the moment, especially around the homesteading movement online and people pushing these very traditional ways of living and things which almost are taking it to such an extreme that sometimes it almost comes across as satire. And I just can't imagine that, you know. I'd love to have a homestead, but I'm not doing it. So it's almost like a question of re- revealed preference, unfortunately. But it is difficult to do it, of course, to get the land and it, it, it differs country to country. But it's certainly something people can do. So, um, yeah, I think it, it's it's um, it's sort of putting uh, putting your 
you're quite literally your reactionary stance before any practical uh, uh, or rational thinking about things. So you, the first thing is like, it doesn't matter what I say, but the, but it has to be something that my so-called enemy wouldn't like. And I think ultimately that's just a bit silly and juvenile, but it, a lot of it is happening. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, like I I've I've been laughed out of spaces just because I I refuse to say climate change isn't happening. You know, it's I, like I and it's like how could you like I just I I, I just can't. I, I wonder if they're like reading they're really reading or sitting with the texts that they claim to be or the thinkers that they claim to be because it just seems like I mean even just on a really pragmatic level if you're a farmer or if, actually forget it if you're if you have a garden right? These are issues that should be, uh, you know, salient to you. You can't just shrug them off because it's affecting your, it's affecting everything. Um, and I don't know, it's, 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 I think, I think you're, you're totally right where it's just like reactionary thing. And maybe part of it is like not really walking the walk. Um, and if they, if they did, you know, if they really were like, uh, you know, moving to a cabin and, you know, only having a cell phone for emergencies and, uh, you know, if they didn't think that it was necessary to like ice your fish and stuff, they would realize that, okay, all of that's possible. If, uh, if there's some kind of, if there's, if we take care of our environment and if there's some kind of, uh, stability with our climate where it's predictable. Um, but you know, maybe it's a, it's a product of not actually doing it. Mm. Well, I think this is the big thing is that, um, you know, and, and I'm certainly part of, part of it myself. I mean, you know, the idea that people can do is a pretty, um, it's a pretty questionable one. And um, really what we're seeing a lot of on Twitter is a lot of anti-Twitter sentiment. And um, I'm not specifically anti-Twitter, though, of course, that is something I would say right before I'm about to say what I'm about to say, which is <laughs> that, you know, you see a lot of anti-Twitter, a lot of anti-social media, a lot of anti-modernity, etc., etc. And yet no one wants to make the leap where they actually get rid of their Twitter. Um, so there's this, there is this all strange admittance that, uh, you know, there is this strange zone that we all have to exist within where I think for, for actually for both sides, even left and right, we basically have to use this really horrible tool or tools, expanding it out just to the general web two internet, which really are anathema. Like we have to really work with them to make it work in any, you know, um, viable sense and i mean it's really peculiar still to see the discussions that a lot of people i follow are having on twitter and i don't mean specifically political ones but for instance the idea that people are talking about you know esoteric works or they're doing really deep threads on very complicated philosophy it's clear to me that twitter as a tool just wasn't intended for the way that people are currently using it right and uh, you know it was intended as this sort of tool of modernity and so there's this constant up and perhaps maybe that's a, there's an argument there for what's really happening with Twitter cullings in terms of deplatforming, and I think they're actually happening on both sides, is that it's more a culling of trying to get the tool back to its initial purpose, which is really just as like a fun social media socializing tool and not as some sort of soapbox for various things. And so we're constantly in this uphill struggle of having to use tools which we, which we inherently within the argument shouldn't be using. But as soon as you stop using these tools, thanks to the way modernity works, you'd quite literally cease to exist. Um, and so there's that huge problem of like, well, if you want to go live a traditional life, can then go live one. But unfortunately in doing that, yeah, you'll go live it and you'll basically cease to exist. And then the world will keep going on 
without you. And so it's this big question of like, well, if you have to exist within the world, which we all do, you, you really have to like, a little really outlines three options, which is like, yeah, you, you could, you could create a commune or whatever. And that's basically escapism because you're like saying like, oh, we know what's best and we don't care about anyone else. Uh, you can just ignore it, in which case you just go along with the world. Or you can do the, like, the important third option, which is like you're critical of the world. You, you're not going to simply escape from it, but you are going to try to develop a place where you're, in, you're of the world. But, sorry, you're in the world, but you're not of it. So it's, like, it's almost like trying to exist on Twitter, but not being of Twitter, which itself is a very difficult task. And I think that applies to all the, the tools we're using. And so it's, like, it, it's a constant tightrope of are you going to get pulled into modernity you know you just got to become like a hashtagger and you're just like you know in all the trends on twitter or are you going to become a bit of a larper and and it's really difficult to walk that line basically i mean i think part of it is you know i so I, i've i've done like a lot of self-reflection about my my internet addiction and and you know i find that a lot of the things that like I, I'm, I'm like great at handling uh, things with my family or my my friend, my in-person friends, but I, I'm ve- I get very emotional about anything related to the internet, and I, I realized that I think it's because like you know it's easy to have um, it's, it's easy to have friends in real life and and to have um, real life community, uh, but it's always I find that these communities often like the things we talk about or care about are like very rooted in uh, the press or, or, or the media more broadly, um, you know, certain podcasters or, you know, whatever. There's like different, there's different flavors of it. And I think like when I was a, a kid, you know, or like when you're in, in, in school when you're like in middle school or something, it's like, you, like your concerns are just about what's sort of happening around you and you don't really care. Like you might, you might like a singer or something and, all your friends like the same singer, but it's like not, it's, it's not really the same. And like, there's been this sort of disappearance of like gossip I've noticed. And like a lot of the gossip people do care about are related to these various parasocial relationships, whether it's a MSNBC or a podcast that you all listen to or something. And I'm wondering if like part of it, if, if there's a way to like de-emphasize, uh, this parasociality if like if maybe if we we gossiped about our neighbors more Mm. it would be like more grounding or you know if we just cared about other people's like very petty business Mm. no no i know exactly what you mean um and i think it's extremely important i mean one one thing we're sort of stuck in is um i mean we're stuck in what uh you know it's sort of understood as like the hyper present or a lull just talks about it as basically being in the now so like at all sides of all political debates are completely embroiled in this in the moment it's very frustrating to see is that whether or not so there's these two memes at the moment which i think are extremely important actually but we need like a third meme in a way so there's like the you know i agree with I support current thing meme. And then there's like, they created the opposite of that, which is like, I don't support the current thing meme. Right. So it's like, okay, so the current thing is Ukraine, Russia. And it's like, if you're on one side, basically you just uncritically support Ukraine. And on the other, because those people are supporting Ukraine, you support Russia, et cetera. And it's all very uncritical thought before that it was COVID. And it was like, if you're on one side, you're very pro-vax. If you're on the other side, you're anti-vax before that it was like black lives matter, et cetera. And you could just follow these basically events back. But all sides of the whole spectrum, it's like someone's clicked their fingers and they're right. They're like, right, it doesn't matter. We're on to the next thing. And what happens then is that all political debate from all sides gets subsumed into just a present, 
like a present, which is very contained. And it's like, that's all that matters right now. And then the next thing and the next thing. And you're not, you can't create from this any sort of longevity or any, any ends, which are actually important. You have to completely step outside of this. And as you say, one thing which is, and ironically, you know, you're talking about the, the, the idea of like pettiness or these idea of petty things in the present. And I, I was thinking about this recently about how, um, if you, you know, the midwit, the midwit meme where it's like, you know, it starts at the bottom, then it goes up and then goes along. If you actually think about the midwit meme as, um, someone's life, right. You realize that ch like toddlers and children up to maybe the age of about 10 and, OAP, like old people and retirees and, and grandmas, they actually end up in exactly the same place from the start to the finish, right? So toddlers and toddlers and children and old people are basically interested in the same thing, which is pleasant, enjoyable things, which are very sincere in the moment, right? Kids just want to go play and grandmas and grandparents are like, oh, we're just going to bake some cakes today or tend the garden or, you know, but it's very sincere and there's no ulterior motive and it's not overly complex. But as you get older, you, you sort of begin to equate coherence and importance with complexity and whether or not it's like petty squabbles or, or maybe just like, you know, someone's like, oh, we're going to bake some cakes for church. The, the ability to really get completely invested in those sorts of very minor things, which are very authentic, very sincere, I think that's extremely important to move yourself away from a complexity which ultimately isn't going to change anything because you can you can basically just lose yourself you can you can lose you, you don't you there's no accountability within complexity because everything's so complex there's no way to be accountable there's no way to be responsible you know someone someone actually tweeted this brilliant tweet the other day which i thought was fantastic and it was about um you know tech bros or the silicon valley the silicon valley personality which which is sort of infecting the entire western world at the moment right they would they would they sort of joked about the idea that silicon valley bro would be like how can i most effectively microdose lsd so i can you know most most efficiently do the washing up or do like the housework right this is the kind of culture that we're we're bringing up and this person retweeted and said like just just do the washing up right and, th and this is like the whole debate at the moment is like there's these very clear things that we need to do or these very clear things that we could do but we, we, we're acting like there's something in the way, you know, and it's, it's sort of like the idea of homesteading, the idea of planting your garden, the idea of a lot of people are talking about how the world is completely against this, how no one does this anymore. No one, no one's homesteading, no one's growing their own veg, everyone's eating seed oils and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, okay, but for, for the moment, forget the complexities, you go start your garden and then we'll get back to it. And I think if more people who had these, these so-called um, uh, principles did them before they 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 basically spoke about what's stopping them we'd get somewhere but this is very old advice so i i you know I, whether or not it happens who knows and I, and I think you're i think you're totally right and i think it's because everyone's sort of stuck in the productivity mindset um whether they know it or not um and you i mean you see it you see it all over the place like you know even the 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 simple living uh blogger or something who like in theory is just sort of um, you know, collecting their thoughts or sharing recipes or something, or it's supposed to be this very sort of casual uh, engagement uh, with the internet, you know, th this hypothetical person has this like hustle mindset because that's what the, that's what the internet does. Like you, you become invisible if you're not constantly um, working towards productivity. Although I do, I do think that, and I, I think I might actually misunderstand what web three is, but my, 
intuition is that like the web three stuff, the, the not the not the show the showmanship, not the people sort of abusing the buzzwords, but the original like web three frontiersmen. Uh, that like it is kind of a reaction to that, and it is like t- tech you know technologists saying uh oh we've been we've been doing it wrong and this is this is how we express these values uh you, you know through you know through technology mm. what well, yeah web3 web3 is a strange one because on the one hand i think it's sort of the complete acceleration of of all that sort of stuff of basically the monetization or the, the financialization of basically reality because as reality moves online everything can easily become quantified in some terms of money but as as you've seen and as as i think of my i see as well i mean the internet's here to stay for a while and i think web3 is a is a frontier of importance and i i can't exactly see what it is yet um though some some people seem to intuitively understand what it is but um yeah it's 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 a strange one because it doesn't seem it does seem to be utilizing that sort of cultural productivity that we brought about but somehow moving away from it at the same time so i can't yeah it, 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 i can't completely explain it i guess i think yeah, yeah so i don't i don't know that i understand it either to be to be clear but I, I, what i think happened is i think like the heart of web3 is actually sort of a return to what you know the internet was originally what like the usenet days were like right i think that's the with with you know some added complexity or whatever like but in terms of the spirit of it, something like that. But people saw, once I think people started using Bitcoin as an investment instead of an actual currency, people realized that you can make money off of it really, really quick and you can become a millionaire or a billionaire or whatever. And then once NFTs kind of became uh, you know, a similar thing where like people were just making tons of money off NFTs, uh, it just totally exploded. And then there's like these two camps where there's like the original like web three people who maybe have this like hacker ethos or, or, you know, maybe like maybe have more integrity. And then there's the like web twoification of web three, which is all about influencers and, you know, the Las Vegas of the soul or, or, or whatever. And this is, this is my intuition. I don't know a lot about it, honestly, which is embarrassing because I'm always invited to, you know, speak on it or whatever, but I just, I've just been totally ignoring it. But I had this, I, I kind of had this thought yesterday because um, there's this NFT collection that I just thought was like, you know, for, for once in, in my life, I was like, actually, this is really beautiful. And I actually authentically like the art and I want to learn more about it. And I realized there is like a real investment in sort of like the characters behind these visual representations. And people had all these storylines that they were inventing. And there was this sort of like quasi role play or collaborative storytelling element to it. And I was like, oh, maybe NFTs have just been wildly abused. And there's something, there's something here and there's some potential here. And it just like, it's just the influx of cash, like ruined, (laughs) ruined it. Yeah. Yeah. So all those threads sort of tied together because web one, really had um 
had a barrier of entry and uh, web two completely removed that with Facebook, et cetera, made everyone feel like they knew everything about the web and felt very comfortable there. And web three, I think is reintroducing that, but at the same time trying to deintroduce that so everyone can use it. So it's like the idea of NFTs, as you say, I've seen some, I've seen some NFTs, which I'm like, well, I don't, I almost don't want to call them NFTs because it's like that, that signifier has basically become to mean this sort of cheap thing, which a lot of them are. And it's almost like an art gallery without any barrier to entry and with with infinite space so it then you know the, the reason things are selected for an art gallery in real life it, it is in relation to the, the the finite resources or space of the gallery and so the best has to be selected and the, the people who've actually put effort into it and so it's like a, it's in a it's the nft thing is almost like an abuse of technique once again in that it's like what's the most efficient way we could do art and it, 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 it it's it's there's you know there's such an absolute um influx of it that it's very difficult to find the the sincere stuff amidst it um and I, I it's weird with the nft thing i don't really see where it's it's going to go because i think it's a really great interesting tool but um it's like i don't know it's trying to attempt to create finitude amidst um infinity right like the internet is basically infinite in resources um and so th to be able to do that it just doesn't it's 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 a tough, it's a tough thing. I, I don't fully understand NFTs yet, I guess. I mean, I understand them on a practical level, but where, where they're going to go, I don't really know. It's almost like they've created, a, they've, do, they've done what we're really doing with technology generally, which is like, huh, we've created this cool tool, but it's completely means. It doesn't have any ends, right? Um, and they're, we're like scrambling to find that as we go along, which is a pretty, pretty worrying way of doing things, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, be used for like music royalties, I think is an interesting use case for them. But I think what's eventually going to happen is, and, um, uh, you know, two friends of mine had this prediction. So I won't, I won't pretend like it's, this is totally original thought here is that we're going to get to a point where people are sort of like minting their thoughts, which I think kind of already happens, um, has already happened with Twitter, especially where you have this thing of like, uh, you want to you want to make a buck off of every stray thought you have, and uh, you know the the crescendo of this is you become a uh, a thought leader of some kind, or you know a Twitter influencer of some kind, um, and that's going to happen with NFTs. And what's going to and we're finally going to reach a point where there's so much media. The only reaction to it is that. Um, you know, and so much fake media too. The only reaction to it is that you won't want any information at all. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my friends articulated this very eloquently in, in an essay, which I'm forgetting the name of. I, I think there was like sheep in the title. I don't know. It was a very strange poetic title, <laughs> which is why I can't remember it. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's sort of, it's going to basically it's going to try so hard to create value out of out of anything you can create value out of that uh everything will will become worthless yeah it's a big it's a big struggle really that idea of like the tokenization of everything um because as you say and it's almost like the information overload it's like once 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 you have literally every piece of information available to you um nothing nothing uh, has any value at all anymore because you it's it's sort of like to give a very lame metaphor. I remember when I was when I was young, if a film was on the TV, like old school analog five channel TV, um, complete with adverts, and it was on, it felt very rare, and you'd sit and watch it a bit more 
a bit more um, patiently and you'd look forward to it. Um, but once, even if you had it on DVD, it was like that being on TV was worth more than it on the DVD because as soon as you have that like infinite choice, you just choose nothing. Um, and, and as you say, that's probably what's going to happen. It's like the acceleration of technology to the point where it basically reveals its own uselessness. Uh, so it just becomes transparent by the fact there's so much of it. You're like, actually, this is, what can I even do with this anymore? You know, it's, it, it, we, have, we have every, we have the ability to become more educated than, than basically 99% of history. And yet we, we, we don't. You know, and that's an interesting thing is we have absolutely everything at our fingertips and yet no one can really be bothered to change anything with it. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's because I would argue from a Lowell's argument, which is that it's all means, there's no ends. It's like, okay, here's absolutely everything that the human race has ever collected or ever thought or ever written down. Um, what are you going to do with it? And ultimately, if you have no end, if you have no end game, because all utopian structures have been... Uh, you know, deconstructed and critiqued and postmodernisms ruled the day, that basically means that nothing has any value because things only have value in relation to some coherent end. So you're just sort of stuck with this mass of information, which people are now learning for its own sake. Um, but you need like even the smallest little goal to go towards. Otherwise, it's all for naught. And um, I think this is probably what we're finding is people are really, especially with the anti-tech stuff and the, the homesteading, I mean, things like that are very clear goals. So it's like, all right, I want to, you know, I want to have a homestead or I want to have, I want to be a father with, you know, however many children or I want to do X, Y, and Z. I mean, even however, however superfluous these goals might be, people are really scrambling for them because we've been put into a world which really is, um, considers complete relativity, relativity and complete uh, choice. It sees that as a, as a, as a virtue, but it's really a vice because you, you know, what, what are you going to do with that? Uh, nothing basically is as, as we've seen people just don't do anything with it I think um, you wrote on your blog in 2019 that uh, like in school like once you end up doing like these mundane things like once you go out into the adult world and do these like mundane things like you have to run an errand or you're stuck in traffic that you actually look at that as like a type of freedom and I think uh, I, I think that really ties into this like you need these constraints you need to be working towards something, one, but two, uh, you you need some kind of limitation for any of this to feel meaningful at all. Yeah, I mean, and, and to the, the, the crux of the, that thing that I wrote about education was that school is generally, well, the Western education system is generally built in the sense that you begin with basically a constraint on every single freedom. I mean, it, uh, uh, when you're very, very young, it's un, you can't really differentiate it from some form of prison, right? You you have to ask to go to the loo. You have to, you have like a 15 minute break. You, uh, and certainly in, in my school, it was like, you couldn't take your blazer off unless you asked like, you know, it was a bit ridiculous. And then as you move through high school and then to college, these, these restraints get less and less and less. And then eventually in university, you still have some minor ones, but ultimately it's your choice. And then you enter into the adult world. And what this really means is that it seems like because you've now finished education, you must be in complete freedom, right? You're in the absolute, the world is your oyster now because you no longer have any constraints, which makes you think and feel that the, that the constraints which are there in the modern world, such as like paying your taxes or having to do various annoying errands under the state, uh, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm quote unquote what they now call adulting, right? It makes people feel that they're doing this free they're, they're living a free world and it, it creates the illusion that what you're doing is now always in a state of complete freedom. 
and really you know as you say you do need limitations right all great creativity comes from from limitations but um i think we're finding less and less that people are actually any meaningful limitations have been removed um really i mean i guess i'm speaking mostly of god when i speak of that but once you remove that i mean and, and you remove all other limitations right most people aren't going to become murderers without any limitations i mean you know etc and there's not most people aren't going to go to the extremes without any limitations so we've removed basically all the limitations that we plausibly can but all that's really allowed people to do is just to enter into lives of complete hedonism like a hyper uh, subjective selfish utilitarianism where your entire life is targeted towards um, basically pleasure and feeling good and enjoyment and entertain and, and entertainment and I think maybe you know as you say more people moving towards um, having children tradition all uh, monotheistic religions this is people going I need limitation because you just can't find value or meaning once you're allowed to do whatever you want um, and it, it, I think that, that as you're saying right at the beginning of this people moving towards tech critical lives are doing the same thing because they're realizing that nothing can come nothing good comes from having no limitations on your life and i think really that's probably a stepping stone for them retreating towards religion or some form of higher uh be understanding of the world yeah i i i totally i totally agree with you um and, you know, before I start wrapping this up, one note on the, the hedonism thing, I think the thing that maybe disturbs people the most is it's such like a, it's not even a glamorous hedonism. It's, it's, it's just melting. 